Hi everyone, I'm Susan Birch and welcome to another episode of The Health Detective. In this video, I'm talking about how to feed your body for health, energy and weight loss. Last time I talked about the oxidative priority of foods and how some foods make you fatter than others because of how our body uses them. And today I'm expanding on that concept and explaining the nutrient energy ratio and how resetting this will help you stay healthy and lose weight. The reason nutrients need to come first is because our body has an operating system similar to a computer. Nutrients in our food keep this operating system functioning properly. Nutrients aren't stored in the body as energy. They're used by the body in all its processes or else they're excreted when we have enough. When you have too much junk stored on your computer, it slows down and doesn't work properly. And our body is much the same. When we're eating too much energy and not getting enough nutrients, the operating system starts to fail and we need a reset just like our computers do. Nutrients are classed as amino acids, essential fatty acids, vitamins, minerals and trace elements. Now bodies evolved over millions of years to use the nutrients in the forms provided by the foods that we had available. Think about vitamin B12. This is essential to our health, but it's only found in animal foods, not plant foods. We evolved to need B12 because it was available in all the animal foods we commonly ate. If we had evolved to eat a predominantly plant-based diet, because they don't have B12, we would have evolved differently. The food we evolved to eat was incredibly nutrient-dense rather than energy-dense, quite different from the foods that we have today. Protein is a macronutrient that provides amino acids. There are 20 amino acids with nine of these called essential. And this means we must eat the essential ones in our diet. And it's really important that these come in the right form of amino acids, the right combinations with each other, because they all work together, and that we get the right kind of quantity. Our body has about 480,000 different proteins made from these amino acids. Did you know that we turn over about 1% to 2% of our body weight in proteins every single day? So eating high-quality protein is essential for good health, and I believe this is the missing link in many people's diets. We tend to associate protein with muscle, and yes, this is extremely important. But proteins have many other functions as building blocks for body tissues and metabolic processes. Think of your hair, skin, nails, bones, and teeth. Proteins are the building blocks of our neurotransmitters, our adrenal and metabolic hormones. They're part of our digestive and immune systems. The proteins in our blood help to transport nutrients around the body. And another really important job for protein is in the role of enzymes. These are proteins that speed up chemical reactions and are used in digestion, respiration, metabolism, nerve, muscle and liver function, and thousands of other functions that take place millions of times every second. And I always have to stop and think about that. You know, these functions are going on 
millions and millions of times every second in every single cell in our body. It's pretty amazing, really. Another really important function of amino acids is in regulating gene expression and how our DNA sends out its instructions to make all the proteins that we need. Although our body can make a lot of its own amino acids, getting enough of the nine essential ones is really important. And I believe there's a good case for ensuring in our modern environment that we're getting enough of what are known as the conditionally essential amino acids as well. So the conditionally essential amino acids are called that because we can make them. But if we're lacking in getting the essential amino acids into our diet, or if we're running out of those building blocks because we're under a lot of stress from our lifestyles and diet and environment, or then we need a greater supply of those so we can get those directly from the foods we eat as well. Vitamins, minerals and trace elements are called micronutrients and they're also essential, meaning we've got to consume them in our diets, but we just need smaller amounts than the macronutrients. And these are involved in virtually every process in our body. They act as cofactors or coenzymes, enabling those enzymes I talked about earlier to carry out these specific functions. Each of these is required in a certain amount, and they all have synergistic relationships. So when one is deficient or in excess, it's going to affect how the other ones are working. The reason that all these are on the nutrient side of the equation is because they aren't stored in the body as energy. Animal foods, particularly animal proteins, provide us with the most nutrient-dense, digestible and bioavailable forms of these nutrients. And that's why animal proteins are on the nutrient side of the equation, not on the energy side of the equation. So just remember, these are not stored in the body as energy. We, we use them as building blocks and then we excrete what we don't need. On the energy side of the equation are carbohydrates and fats. And the more processed the food, the more energy or calories it has. When we gain weight, our energy balance has been disrupted for some reason. So certainly how much energy we play, we use during the day plays a role in this. And so does how our hormones respond to the particular food that we're talking about. And everyone is talking about insulin these days and the role that insulin plays in type 2 diabetes and obesity. And there are a lot of other hormones involved as well. You can go back and check on some earlier podcasts I've done about those processes. And then remember from last week's video about the oxidative priority of foods 
So we use foods in a certain order for um, various reasons. So when you consume carbs and fats together, it creates what's called energy toxicity, and that results in metabolic dysfunction. So essentially, you can choose to eat carbohydrates or you can choose to eat fat. My preference is for fat over carbs for most people. Fresh vegetables and a little bit of in-season fruit might be okay. But in general, if you're struggling with your weight or you have any other health conditions, avoid the starchy, high-energy carb foods. And those include grains and cereals that we keep getting told are health foods. They aren't. They're just empty calories and have no real nutritional value and work against your body. Now, remember, there's always exceptions, and age plays a massive role in this, and so does your exercise and athletic performance. We all know people who can eat whatever they like and junk and as much junk food as they want, and they seem to be fine. But that's definitely not most of us. The final step in this process is fueling the rest of your energy needs from what I call functional fats. And these are the fats that come from eating real food. The fat on your meat, butter or lard, avocados and olives. Avoid the vegetable oils like the plate. I did interviews with Tucker Goodridge and Dr. Chris Kenobi about how toxic these oils are to humans. So you can check those out. And yes, you can use olive oil, but please don't heat it. And if you're struggling with your weight, remember it's very easy to overuse, so take it easy. And I just want to make mention here, if you're on a keto diet and you've been adding a lot of extra fat to your meals and then you find that your weight loss is stalled out, just try cutting back on that fat a little bit because you might have reached a stage where your body now needs less fat from your food so it can burn that fat that's stored um, in your fat cells. I'm sure there'll be lots of questions about my comments about animal foods and red meat providing the best source of nutrients. There's a huge push for avoiding animal foods and from a nutrition perspective there is absolutely no doubt that these provide a superior source of nutrients in the forms that our bodies can recognise and effectively use. I've done lots of this videos on the subject already that you can look at, and I do have a keynote presentation that I'll record in the next few weeks where I just discuss this topic in more detail. But basically, animal foods are more easily digested and absorbed and the nutrients that they provide come in the same form that our body recognises and can use easily. Now, animal plants certainly do provide amino acids and vitamins and minerals, but there are a few problems relying on these as our sole source of nutrients. I talked earlier about the vitamin B12 problem 
One of the issues with plant foods is that they come with many anti-nutrients that reduce our ability to digest and absorb them and can often cause digestive issues, leaky gut and increase inflammation. These are not the nutrients in the form that our body likes to use with animal foods do come in the form that we that we need and prefer. Another problem with using plant protein is to get enough of the essential amino acids. And to do that, we have to eat them in huge quantities. So leucine is an, an amino acid, which is a trigger for muscle protein synthesis. And we need about 2.5 grams of leucine per meal for us to be able to use the amino acids that we've eaten. So if you were to eat tofu, you would need three to 400 grams per meal just to get 2.5 grams of leucine. And that would give you 30 grams of protein and about 312 calories. Quinoa, on the other hand, you would need to eat about 900 grams. And so that comes with about 1,200 calories, which is an enormous calorie load. And just remember, if you're eating a plant-based diet, not getting enough of these nutrients is um, a real serious problem. Compare the amino acids profile of plant-based proteins with a steak. 100 grams of steak will give you 2.5 grams of leucine, 30 grams of protein with a total of 300 calories. And it will also give you all the essential vitamins and minerals that you need. Now, I know everybody will ask me what the macronutrient ratios should be. So I recommend that you aim for 30 grams of protein per meal and probably more if you're older or if you're eating less than three meals a day. So it takes about 100 to 120 grams of meat or fish or animal foods to get that amount of protein or the equivalent of four eggs. And you can download the handy guide to protein requirements from my website. It's a free resource and it'll help you work out how much protein you should be eating. Now, when it comes to carbs, most people have trouble processing more than 30 grams of carbs per meal. And that's not a lot. That's a small potato, two slices of wholemeal bread, or a small muffin has 36 grams of carbs. So if you're type 2 diabetic or pre-diabetic or you're struggling with your weight, I recommend you keeping your carb intake per meal to 15 to 20 grams. And there is no problem in going lower than with going lower than this, but it can take a bit of time to adapt. So try replacing your grains and cereals and other processed food with fresh vegetables 
and maybe a little bit of in-season fruit. But make sure you always eat your fruit with a meal. You don't eat it as a snack separately from the meal. Now, it is true that our body needs glucose to function. However, we don't need to eat carbs to get our glucose. Our body is perfectly capable of making its own, but that's a video for another time. The final step is to get the rest of your energy needs from fats. And it's best if these come with the food that you eat. So the fat in your meat, eggs, seafood, avocados and olives. And if you need a bit more energy, then you can add some extra fat from butter or cream or lard. But if you want to reduce weight, then reduce the fat so your body can access and burn your own stored body fat. Thanks for watching. I hope you enjoyed this episode. Please hit the subscribe and like button and share with any friends or families who may find this helpful. I do love answering your questions, so please send them in if you have any. And just a quick reminder, you can now find the Health Detective podcast on all your favourite podcast apps. So go and check it out. Thank you.